It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Have you ever looked for something and you just can't find it and then you realize it's sitting there right in front of you? Um, I've had the situation where I've had my glasses on my forehead. I'm looking all over and there they are. Or I've went looking for my keys somewhere and I can't find them anywhere. And then Cheryl comes right behind me and it's like it's right there in front of your face. If it was a dog, it would have bit you. Well, there's a name for that. It's called a scotoma. And there's different kinds of scotomas. There's physical scotomas, which actually can be an eye problem. There's mental scotomas that are just, you just convince yourself you can't find it. And so you don't. Parents of kids have experienced that quite a bit, right? But then I believe there's also maybe what we call a spiritual scotoma. And we see that here in Luke chapter number 16 this morning. So we have the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And beginning in verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you're tormented. And beside all of this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from here to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from there. Then he said, I pray you therefore, Father, I beg you that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one went to him from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. So we have the story of this rich man and this beggar, Lazarus, and there's a lot going on here. In this chapter, there's a lot of background about Jesus dealing with wealth for believers and the misuse of wealth. You know, a lot of people falsely uh, say the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. That's not true. The Bible says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. In a sense, um, it's not wrong to have money. It's wrong when money has you, right? And it consumes your life. So you got this background, but it's in this context, he really really gives this teaching about this consequence of hell. And so the rich man ends up in hell and he experienced this consciousness of what he's going through and he immediately wants relief. He wants Lazarus now to help him and and, and he has this, finally this pride man sees this need and he's in this dialogue with Abraham And he says, send him to me. And Abraham says, no, once you're there, you can't come out. Neither can anyone go to you and relieve you. Basically, he's telling him, 
This is the eternal consequence of your sin. This is the eternal consequence of not living in faith. And so then all of a sudden what you have, um, when he realizes that his fate is sealed, man, he gets this burst of compassion. And this burst of compassion he all of a sudden has for these five brothers of his that are still alive. And, And basically he says, well, then send Lazarus to my brothers. Man, you ever think about that, the compassion of hell? Man, if there's anyone that doesn't want someone to go to hell, it's someone who's already there. You know, oftentimes at a funeral, um, pastors, or I'll, I'll say something like this, you know, your loved one is now in heaven, and let me tell you, uh, if they could come back, they wouldn't want to come back. What they're experiencing now is, is beyond anything we could imagine, and, you know, don't weep for them. We understand the sorrow of it, but you know what? If they could come back, they would not want to come back. But the other side of that is this, that those that are in hell would never want you to come there. Here's a guy that in his life had lived very selfishly, very self-centeredly, but now he's in hell and now he has this compassion for his five brothers that's so real and so deep that he pleads with Abraham that Lazarus would be able to go and see them. But in verse 29, you see, Abraham's answer, and his answer is, they have what they need already. They have Moses and the prophets. Now, you say, well, wasn't Moses already dead by the time this story took place? Yes, Moses was dead and the prophets were dead. So you say, well, how did they have Moses and the prophets? As Moses and the prophets were already dead. Well, Moses and the prophets is a way of saying the Old Testament. You see, the first five books of the Old Testament are the books of Moses, and then you have history, then you have the books of the prophets. So what Abraham was saying is they already have the Bible. They have the Bible. And he said, no, but if if someone went up from the dead and went to them, that would really get their attention. They would listen. And he said, no, if they won't listen to the Bible, they would not be persuaded even if someone went from the dead. You know, people are looking for all kinds of things to convince them to believe. People are looking for signs. People are looking for wonders. Man, people are looking for proof, just whatever. Man, people are searching for all of these things, and they say, man, if this would happen, I would believe. If this would happen, then I would know. But you know, the reality is Romans 10, 17 says simply this, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So what basically Abraham is saying to the rich man is Romans 10, 17. If they want faith, faith will come to them. But faith comes through the word, not someone rising from the dead and going back to them. It doesn't take that. It doesn't take an out-of-body experience. It doesn't take an angel hovering over your bed in a trance in the middle of the night. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, For many people, what they need is right there in front of them, and they're just missing it. Now here, this is an application to those without Christ, those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, but the reality, I think, is for Christians as well. So often, we're looking for answers to things when the Bible's sitting right in front of us, staring us in the faith face, and we just have a spiritual scotoma. Man, we are looking and we want, you know, some sermon or we want some, you know, saying or we want some advice and all those things are helpful. 
But the reality is faith comes by hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. Now, there's two sides of that truth. Um, on the one side, we should quit looking for answers outside of the word of God. But on the other hand, we should quit holding back the word of God from people, right? People come to us, they ask us, we give them all of our wisdom and everything else. What we may need to give them along with that wisdom is a verse of scripture, or maybe point them in the direction of how to apply the scripture to their lives. See, this rich man's five brothers had exactly what they needed to avoid hell. It was right in front of them, but so do we. And it's not always or necessarily to avoid hell, and it may be, and if you don't know Jesus as your savior, faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if you're a believer already, Man, the answer that you're looking for is probably right in front of you in the Word of God. You just have a blind spot to it. You see, we need to open it. We need to listen to it. We need to take heed to God's Word. So the word for today is really this. The answer you're looking for is right in front of you. Just quit looking and start listening and applying it. Now, in the comment section, I put a link there to Got Questions and an article on how to apply the Word of God to your life. So if you say, Pastor, I read the Word and I don't really understand how to make it real in my life, click on that link and there'll be some really good, practical, succinct advice on how to apply God's Word to your situation. So the answer that you are looking for today, man, it's right there in front of you. It's right there in God's Word. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.